Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Advent Sunday, the 3rd of December 2023. Hello and welcome. Thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This year for Advent, we're looking at the theme Christ is Coming. And Tommy started us off with the call of the Old Testament prophets. The reading is Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 to 16. So we'll go and join Tommy as he's introducing the service. Good morning, Minehead Baptist Church. My name's Tommy. I'm one of the uh, ministers here, and welcome to the Advent service for 2024. First of many, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, 2023. Let's get to the notices, shall we? <laughs> so, um, we have quite a few people who are going to come up and give different notices. So, Paul and Lorraine, one of you. (laughs) Good morning, my church family. Good to see you all this morning. The Christmas Fair at the Hub next Saturday. I hope it's imprinted in your diaries, okay? One till four. I will be setting up there from nine o'clock on Friday to probably midnight. And then again um, from nine o'clock on Saturday. Um, So if you are able to help in any way, if you want to help, if you let me know by the end of the service, that will be great. What I do need to ask, all you bakers, um, if there is anybody who can do some cakes for the cake stall, we're looking for things like cupcakes or um, tray bakes, cakes that can be cut up easily so that we can just, they can have it with coffee, that sort of thing. If you are able to do a cake or something like that, could you please talk to Tanya after the service? We would be very, very grateful. Tanya, just stand up and show people who you are. That You know her, yeah. The sparkly one, you know. Okay, so that'll be lovely. And your prayers for next week would be gratefully received. Thank you. And the next. Just to remind people, this coming Thursday is the first Thursday in the month when we have a communion here at 11 followed by a meal at 12, which Roy and Jenny always do with good stuff. And this week it will be a bit of a Christmas meal. But the main point I'm making is usually you get away by one. This week, if you'd like to stay, I've got a Christmas quiz. I found the old bowls out the back there. We can have a bit of fun together, expecting so you get away by about two. So if you... So, please come, you know, those who regularly come, if any extras come, that's fine, and uh, we'll have a bit of fun afterwards and stay through till about two o'clock. Thank you. Next. (laughs) I've just got two quick notices, hopefully. The first is to say... um, Some of you have asked me about Christmas Day. Yes, we will be doing a meal here on Christmas Day. So um, we'll be doing that. We're not quite sure of the numbers that we're going to feed. We normally do the meal. We gather together. It's really good fun. Uh, We do our preparation Christmas Eve afternoon. And that's also good fun if you fancy coming and peeling a lot of sprouts, for example. That would be really good. Details about how to sign up for the meal and indeed how to help will be available for next week. Part of that will be our giving away 
And, and last year, I think we did about 35 or 36 meals, which we gave out to people in the community. And even that minute of dropping a meal off and having a happy Christmas was the only contact some folk will get on Christmas Day. It, it, it was a wonderful thing. We did this with village agents. Bless them for joining with us this year. Not fully sure of the numbers because we're waiting them coming back to us. But by next week, if you'd like to be involved with that in any way, shape or form, can you let me know. The meal, incidentally, on Christmas Day will be a kind of family meal. And so actually, this is not just for people who are on their own. But if you want to come and have some fun with us, want to come and share in that, please, that would be amazing. If you're thinking, what are we going to do Christmas Day, please come and, and be with us. Um, so much fun that, that last year, um, i got to tell you, I, got, I think I got home, Lorraine had COVID, I got home about 3.30, just was full of what God had done. So please come and details of that will be out for next week. And the second, no, oh, there's two notes, it's really cold here, isn't it? And the reason I know this because I was in Greece yesterday, it was 25 increased yesterday and by the by it's really weird seeing a snowman in 25 degree heat but more particularly it was yesterday I got a text from this excited young man called Richard okay so he asked me to share this news with you Um, and his news is that remember we prayed for that church meeting that South Oki Baptist Church invited Richard to preach with a view in the new year date to be arranged but he thanks you for your prayers and says could you keep praying so, so Richard's got this preach with a view date. We don't know where, but we don't know where. So at that moment, it would be good just to stop and pray. Father God, we thank you for Richard, for the ministry he had among us, and the ministry that is to come. And I pray, Lord, for self Oki Baptist Church, that you, Lord, that you just be on their hearts and their minds as they discern the calling of Richard. That you'd be on Richard's heart and mind as he discerns his calling. That Lord, if there would be a yes and a yes, there would be hallelujah. But that it would be your way first and foremost. So guide them all, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. And in case you're thinking, where is South Hockey? O-X-H-E-Y, if you want to check it out. It's actually on the, on the sort of a suburb of Watford. Okay, so that's where we're talking about. There's somebody else as well. <laughs> Just a, um, uh, a quick reminder that the notice was up earlier, but it's the Girls' Brigade Nativity on Wednesday evening. You are all really warmly invited. Um, many of our children aren't church children, and their parents will be here. And it would just be lovely for that contact to be made, for the, the parents and the children to know that Girls' Brigade is very much part of Minehead Baptist Church. Um, it'll only be um, an hour. We... Uh, if you could get here for sort of six-ish, we'd probably start about quarter past by the time we've got everybody organised. But we should be finished by seven, and there will be mince pies. Bribery. <laughs> no, do come and share with us. If you can't come, do pray for us. Um, that this is as much an outreach to the parents as it is for the children coming, and they love it. And they're brilliant, aren't they, Phil? <laughs> Any more for any more? <laughs> I'll pray and then Roy will, Roy and the group will lead us in worship. Hmm. Heavenly Father, would you prepare our hearts for worship? 
Help us to be present in this moment. And may we all tangibly sense your presence. May you stir up in us a a heart, a, a longing for you this Christmas and as we as we as we long for you in the Christmas season, in the season of Advent. Be with us and, and draw near to us as we draw near to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I was going to say that concludes our service for this morning. <laughs> Can I encourage you to stand and sing to the Lord? And as we sing our first song, we're going to take up our offering. Um, if you're a visitor among us, don't feel compelled to give. If you want to, that's wonderful. You'll bless us, but don't feel you have to. But let's stand and sing to the Lord. <laughs> Now may, where is he? Ah, oh, there he is. We have uh, Ollie to light our Advent candle. Here is a Advent liturgy for us to say, say together. Um, you guys will s- respond with the words in bold. As we light our Advent candle, light of the world shine on us. As we prepare for Christmas time, light of the world shine on us. In this world of pain and darkness, To all the people who don't know you, Jesus, you are coming again. In our service here today, Let us give thanks to the Lord. Amen. Yes, man. Thank you. Give thanks to the Lord because we're going to celebrate the birth of Christ. We just thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Let's stand and sing. Give thanks. There have been many reasons why Christians have felt this moment in an act of worship is so, so important. 
wonder why, for you, this moment is really, really important. If you're from a Catholic or Anglo-Catholic tradition, you'll be aware of the words of Jesus when he says, this is my body, this is my blood. And there is a tradition, of course, that says that as we take these holy gifts, they become the real body and blood of Christ to us. Not my personal theological view, but I have many brothers and sisters all over the world who do believe that, and you do as well, of course. And then there's the tradition I came from, being a Pentecostal uh, person in background, when this is just simply an act of memory, an act of remembering the fact that Jesus died and rose again. And then there are those, I guess really by Baptist, by tradition, and a lot of Anglicans who would follow what we call the Elizabethan settlement, which is when we sort of like a, take a middle road. Because the Bible does say, doesn't it, that for those who eat and drink of this without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgments upon themselves. There's something about this moment that's more than just remembering. We encounter God now in a special way. And as we reach out in faith, we receive the power of God and the presence of Christ in a special way as we come to eat this bread and drink this blood. So I want to invite you this morning to prepare your hearts because this is a holy moment and it's important to each of us for various reasons. Brothers and sisters in Christ, It is right that we think about the meaning of this bread and wine. It reminds us of the sacrifice of Christ for your sin, for my sin, and for the sins of the world. And here, here we meet with the risen Lord. We feed on him in faith, and we unite with one another as one body of the church around the whole world. We unite unite together and we look forward to the day when Jesus will come again. Therefore we need to come in faith, aware of our weakness, wanting to put an end to sin in our lives and humbly putting our trust in Christ, seeking his grace. So if we are truly, truly and honestly repent of our sins and are in loving relationship with one another this morning, and if we want to lead a new life following the commandments of God, draw near now with faith and take this bread and wine for your comfort and growth in grace. So I'm going to read some verses from the Bible. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. That everyone who has faith in him may not die, but have eternal life. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And that is God's own proof of his love towards us. 
So a, a prayer of, a, um, of confession, which we, we invite you all to share with me this morning. Together we say, Lord, Lord God, God, have, have mercy, mercy on us, according to your constant love, and in your abundant mercy, blot out our transgressions, cleanse us from our sins, creating us a clean heart and life, and continually renew a right spirit within us. Amen. We're going to say together the Lord's Prayer as well. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. The words of institution from Paul's letters to the Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Invite the stewards and those going to assist to come forward now. Thank you. We're going to take the bread and eat it when we receive it. And when it comes to the, the, the cup, the, the wine, we're going to hang on to it and then drink it all together. It's a sign of our unity. Body of Christ, broken for you. Thank you. Body of Christ, broken for you. As a child, being brought up in the Pentecostal church, this moment, we'd spend probably half Sunday morning just eating and drinking and worshipping. Precious moments. And I want to invite you now as we drink together to just allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life afresh. Because this is powerful. And this moment, if we really open our hearts to him, God can do something amazing in our lives. So let's drink of our Lord Jesus Christ and receive his blood and his power into our lives this morning. Amen. Amen. We're going to finish with a prayer. It's on the screen.
Maybe not. Sorry. Okay. Most gracious God, we praise you for what you have given and for what you have promised us here. You have made us one with all your people in heaven and earth. You have fed us with the bread of life and renewed us for your service. Now we give ourselves to you. We ask that our daily living may be a part of the life of your kingdom. That our love may be your love reaching out into the world through our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. center into a time of intercessory prep. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the Advent season and for Christmas and for for the many ways in which through our celebrations we get to experience something of your love and to learn something of your grace and of your mercy. That in your in your in your becoming flesh you made a way for us to be in relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We could say thank you a thousand times and not scratch the surface of how thankful we ought to be, but thank you. We love you, Jesus. We love you dearly. But whilst we are in Advent, This morning, there are many people in Minehead who do not know you. There are many people in Minehead who do not know the true meaning of Christmas. Whilst many people are spending money on gifts, they do not know of the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. And so we ask that by your spirit, you'll be stirring up hearts this December in this Advent season. That people will start to wonder, people will start to ponder, and people will start to think, what is it all about? And Lord Jesus, would you stir it up in their hearts, and then would you meet them? Would people in this town know that Jesus Christ is the ultimate gift and the ultimate answer to all the questions they have? We pray, Jesus, that the people in our community will come to know Jesus. We pray that more people will walk through, walk into church services on Sundays in in Minehead. We ask that more people will encounter your faithful servants on the street. We pray that vast multitudes of people in Minehead would would come to know Jesus. 
We pray that those who are on the margins, those who are feeling broken, those who are feeling isolated, those who are lonely, those dealing with all sorts of issues, would you meet them this Christmas? Lord Jesus, we pray for the, for the, the hub fair and that people would encounter you there. People outside of church would, would see something of the love of God and the light of Christ and it would shine in their hearts and they would come to know you. We pray your blessing over the Girls' Brigade Nativity Service this week. That connections will be made with the parents and the children would experience something wonderful of the love of Jesus. We pray for the nativity on the 17th. That everyone who enters through the door would, would experience you and would leave that building closer to you than when they first entered. Lord Jesus, we are asking that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would move in mine head this December. We ask that by the power of your Spirit, so many people in our town will know Jesus Christ, maybe for the first time. And I ask, Lord... I pray a dangerous prayer that you would send them our way (laughs) and that we would start encountering them in in the streets, that we'd start encountering them at work, encountering those people that you love dearly and that they would see something of, of God in us. And we do pray, Lord, that for us as a church at Minehead, Baptist Church, and for the wider church in Minehead, We ask that you would, you would shine through us this Christmas. That it wouldn't just be about what we receive this Christmas, but it will be about what we can give to others. Spirit, we ask you move. Be moving and stirring up in the hearts of people in this town. And Lord, we ask again, would multitudes of people in this town come to know you this Christmas. And help us to be faithful in our part in bringing that to pass. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Lord Jesus, for those who do not know you in our friends and our families, we all have them in our minds and you know them. We ask that you bring them to Christ. We ask you bring them to Christ. There's no greater thing than to know Jesus Christ. And to be in relationship with him. 
So would you bring them to Christ, Lord? And speak through us to them. Lord, would you help them experience the Christmas message? Lord, would they draw nearer to you? Jesus, it doesn't make sense that. Sorry, it, it feels so hard that knowing that there's people in our families who don't know Jesus. Would you bring them to Christ? Please. Bring them to Christ, we pray. Amen. Unless you tell me, can we, can we, can I encourage you to stand if you can and just confirm what we believe? We're going to sing Our Father Everlasting. This morning is from Jeremiah chapter 33, starting at verse 14. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord our righteousness. For this is what the Lord says, David will never fail to have a man sit upon the throne of the house of Israel Nor will the priests, who are Levites, ever fail to have a man to stand before me continually to offer burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings, and to present sacrifices. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Friends, it is Advent time. Up until recently, if I'm being honest, like in the past year, I didn't actually know what Advent meant. Um... I mean, I had this vague notion of I get to have chocolates with a calendar um, and that is something that happens in the lead up to Christmas because it always happens in that December period. Um, Whenever I heard the word Advent, I was like, great, I get to put on Christmas jumpers or wear Christmas socks, we listen to Christmas music, we watch the Muppets Christmas Carol, all these wonderful things that are part of my 
own personal family's tradition. And I'm sure you all got your own family traditions, or you may have, of, of, of things that you typically do during the Christmas season. And for the record, it is okay to now listen to Christmas music. I, 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 for me, it is once we get to December 1st. That's when, that's when it's allowed. Although I'm not saying, thus saith the Lord. Um, <laughs> that's, that's just Tommy. <laughs> but whether, whether I knew it or not, Advent, Advent to me, there was some sense of anticipation for what was arriving. And that, in a sense, is what Advent means. It comes from the Latin that means Adventus, which means the arrival, the coming of the Lord. And so I've, I, I just want, before we dive into the text, I want you to ponder, what does Advent actually mean to you? What thoughts does it stir in your heart? Does it stir anything in your heart? What does Advent mean to you? And so the passage for today, Jeremiah 33, verses 14 to 18, it's a passage that is so exciting when you read it in context. Now, Jeremiah is a really long book. It's actually the longest book in the Bible. You know, the Psalms are 150 chapters and Isaiah is 60-something. Jeremiah, even though it's got less chapters, it's got more words. It's a really, really long scroll. It's a really, really long, long book. And that can be quite off-putting because it's it's huge. (laughs) Um, But there's so much story, so much poetry, so much beauty in the text and I, I i love it and before jeremiah 33 obviously you have the previous 32 chapters where um a lot of it consists of jeremiah warning the israelite people of what's going to going to happen as a result of their being unfaithful to god the israelites were committing injustices they were worshiping other gods getting involved in all kinds of practices that, that were not right, that were sinful, that were evil. And so, tragically, the result is that God gives them over to their own desires. If they're going to worship the gods of Babylon, if they're going to practice the things of Babylon, God will give them Babylon. And so the Babylonians end up entering into Jerusalem and exiling them to Babylon after a bloody destructive battle in which many people lost their lives. And so they're in this place of exile. They're in this place of wondering, what is going to happen? What are we waiting for? What is our hope? In this place. What on earth do we do? And it's in this context that Jeremiah chapter 30 to 33 
takes place. In Jeremiah chapter 30, acknowledging the reality that they are exiled and they are in Babylon, you get the following verses in 30 verses 1 to 2. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, write in a book all the words that I have spoken to you. For behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will restore the fortunes of my people. Israel and Judah, says the Lord, and I will bring them back to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall take possession of it. Okay. So there's a stirring up of hope. Something good's going to happen, because the Lord has promised it so. And then you get to this, the very famous passage in Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34. I love hearing the pages turning as people race after the passage. Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 34. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this was the covenant, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. And I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. God will forgive their iniquities and he will remember their sin no more. If you were an ancient Near Eastern person, someone in that time, in that place, that's crazy. You're kidding? So when I wronged my neighbor, when I did these acts, when that person murdered that person, when these things took place... There's coming a time when God's going to forgive them of their iniquity, of their sins. Wow. Amazing. And so, moving on from Jeremiah 31, you get to Jeremiah 32. In verses 40 to 41 of Jeremiah 32, it says the following. I will make with them an everlasting covenant and I will not turn away from doing good to them and I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and with all my soul. It's an everlasting covenant. It's not just something... 
that God does for a time and a place, it's an everlasting covenant. Something that will never cease. And then the the question will inevitably arise to the ancient Near Near Eastern Israelite who's been exiled to Babylon and is in the land of the enemies who destroyed their people and destroyed their temple. They'll be wondering, how on earth is this going to be fulfilled? What is going to take place that will lead to this fulfillment? Because something needs to be done with sin. Something needs to be done with, with the human heart. Something needs to take place so that all the things that are wrong in this world and all the wrong that we have done, we have done, gets dealt with. But gets dealt with in such a way that it doesn't compromise on the justice of God. Doesn't compromise on the love of God. Because God is faithful to us. He's going to be with us. He's going to stick with us permanently. If we trust in him, if we pledge our allegiance to him. I wonder. I'm just, I'm sorry, just I'm pondering as if I'm an Israelite there, you know. It's good to be, sometimes it's good to imagine you're the ancient Israelite in this text. And you're pondering and you're wondering what's going on. And so, in chapter 33, the Lord promises peace. And we get to the passage that we were talking about, that, we, that was read earlier. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those, day, in those days, and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David. And he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. A righteous branch will be arriving. Arriving Adventing, there is a righteous one that is going to be arriving, a messianic figure, someone who will arrive and they will execute justice and righteousness in the land. There will be justice and righteousness in the land. And thinking back to what was said earlier, sins and iniquities will be forgiven. Who is this person? Who is this exciting person who will do this amazing thing? This righteous branch, this offshoot of, De- of, uh, of Jesse and David and the, line of J- the, line, the lineage of Judah. How exciting. And so, I was thinking about this. I was pondering how far we go in talking about who this person is. Because they are someone who will fulfill the promises, it says in 14, 14, 
fulfill the promises made to Israel and Judah. They will be a branch that descends from, from the line of Judah, a descendant of David, a son of David, one might say, and they shall execute justice in the land. They will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. Yahweh Sedekanu, I think. There's something fun like that. It's his name. The Lord is our righteousness. And so, this person will be arriving for the Jews. And as we anticipate in the Advent season, we look forward to hearing about this person who became flesh. The person, Jesus Christ. Because, as was read earlier, in verses 17 to 18 it says, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. So there'll be someone who'll be ruling on this throne forever. And the Levitical priests shall never lack a man in my presence to offer burnt offerings, to offer burnt grain offerings, and to make sacrifices forever. I was wondering about this because I was thinking, well, we don't offer burnt sacrifices or grain offerings anymore. I don't think. We don't do it here, at least in the Baptist tradition. <laughs> Being mildly cheeky. Um, but what, the reality is it's saying there's a, rea- there's a time where they'll never lack a grain offering or a sacrificial offering. For the Jew, that is how the offering was dealt with. That, that's how the sin was dealt with. That's how they became righteous before God. They became clean before God in his presence in the tabernacle and the temple. And so in some sense, some mysterious sense, there will always be a sacrifice so that sin will always be dealt with. That we will always be righteous. And so it's said in these terms, in these categories, for the Israelite person... But it's anticipating a time where there'll be an ultimate sacrifice. And there'll be an ultimate righteous branch, a messianic figure, who will arrive, who will come. Adventus, Advent. And so for the Jews, they cling on to this promise. And they're waiting What does Advent mean to you guys? This Advent season, what are you anticipating? What are you hoping for? Is it the Advent of a, of a friend who will come to church? Is it the Advent of family time together? Those fun traditions of watching the Muppets Christmas Carol, eating food... They're all wonderful things. But what, what are you anticipating? Who are you anticipating in our celebrations in this Advent and Christmas season?
what is Advent to you guys. And I'll leave it there because we'll be talking about that said person next week. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, that you were faithful to your people, even when they were unfaithful to you. That in the advent of the Jews, they were awaiting a messianic figure. They were awaiting for Emmanuel, God with us, to come. And so, Lord Jesus, we, uh, we just pray that you will be working in this Advent season in our hearts. And you help us to ponder the, the significance of your arrival. And to celebrate the fact of your being the greatest gift that anyone else, that anyone could ever have. Help us to ponder these things in our heart. And help us to anticipate the wonderful things that you'll be doing in our lives this Christmas season. Amen. Thank you, Tommy. We're going to stand and sing again. Advent, there is a hope. Advent hope we talk about, don't we? There is a hope so sure. This is a song that we sang a few weeks ago. Finish, finish. We will finish with a blessing. It's uh, Isaiah chapter 60, and it's the verses that I preached the first time I came here, actually. But I want us to take it in the spirit of Advent, in the spirit of the anticipation of what the Lord will do this Christmas. Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you and nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. They shall bring gold and frankincense. And they shall bring good news. The praises of the Lord. Be blessed this Advent season. Amen. 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 To leave a comment, please go to minehead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening and I'll speak to you soon.